the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How America's new woke religion is not good news. That is the topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host. The Christian Worldview is a nonprofit, listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to you, our listeners, for your prayer, encouragement, and support. Now, the Bible says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. That's from Colossians 2, verse 8. Notice the words there, philosophy, empty deception, tradition of men, elementary principles of the world. And notice what those do. They take you captive or they enslave people from believing the truth about Jesus Christ and his word. This sums up what America's new woke religion has done to the minds and hearts of both non-Christians and Christians. An empty, deceptive, man-based elementary philosophy has quickly taken captive our leaders, corporations, schools, and even churches. Whether it's framed as woke or diversity, equity, and inclusion, or social justice, or Black Lives Matter, or critical theory, it all fundamentally rejects God's assessment and solutions for mankind. Now, because this woke religion is so prevalent in the culture and the church, it's important for Christians to be informed about it so you and your family and your church are not taken captive through this, quote, empty deception. Owen Strand, research professor of theology at Grace Bible Theological Seminary and author of Christianity and Wokeness, How the Social Justice Movement is Hijacking the Gospel and the Way to Stop It, joins us today on The Christian Worldview to explain why America's new woke religion is not, quote, good news as the real gospel is. Owen presented a message at the recent Truth Matters conference at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky that we will be referencing today. You can also find the link to it on our website, thechristianworldview.org. Now, later in the program, we will hear from Twyla Brace of Citizens Council for Health Freedom, who will give us an update on COVID and a, quote, pandemic treaty between the United States and the World Health Organization that will give that non-governmental organization, authority during world, quote, health crises. But first, we'll get to the interview with Owen Strand and just some framework for the discussion. In his message at the Truth Matters Conference, he referenced this passage in Ezekiel chapter 18. I'm just going to read a couple verses from that and give a few points from his message just as an underlying foundation for what he's going to say today. 
It says this in Ezekiel 18, yet you say, this is God talking, why should the son not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity? When the son has practiced justice and righteousness and has observed all my statutes and done them, he, the son, shall surely live. Verse 20, the person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. Now, Owen will get into this today, how the woke ideology flips this, that those who are living today who had nothing to do, let's say, with slavery in the past, are implicated and held guilty for what those who came before them did. And he had three basic points of his message. And the first one is this, and I'll contrast this to what the woke religion says. The Bible teaches that, number one, every person following Adam is a sinner, versus what versus what the woke religion says, that the majority are oppressors, they're the sinners, and the minority, religions, genders, sexualities, they're victims of oppression. Number two, the Bible teaches Every person bears responsibility for their own sin. That's what Ezekiel chapter 18 says. Versus the woke religion says, those who haven't sinned in some specific accusation like slavery, they're actually guilty for what their predecessors, their forebears did. And the third point from his message is this. The Bible teaches that we cannot pay our own sin debt. Versus what this Woke religion says that we can atone for past wrongs through reparations, transfer payments to those who have been quote-unquote oppressed, and giving benefits to them. So hopefully that passage from Ezekiel and those three points will give some framework to our conversation today with Dr. Owen Strand. Owen, it's great to have you on the program for the first time. Let's start out with a personal question. Tell us about how and why you came to Saving Faith in Christ, and a little bit about your background and where you are now. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I came to Faith in Christ as a young man. I don't know the exact hour, but I know that I was raised in a small Baptist church that preached the gospel and loved the Word of God, and I went to summer camp in Maine. I'm from the coast of Maine, and so I went to a small Christian camp called Camp Good News, in Maine. And that's where I remember the gospel clicking into place. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I needed God's grace. And that's where I remember turning from my sin and turning to Christ, trusting in his shed blood for the remission of my sins. So then I grew up in that same Christian home and was in the church all my youth in Maine, and then went to a very secular college called Bowdoin College. And that was actually a great testing ground for me as a young Christian, because Bowdoin was kind of ahead of the curve in being very secular and somewhat hostile in places to the Christian faith. And that was hard as a young man going to college in Maine, but it was also good for me because it trained me to know that it is ordinary for the wind to be in the face of the Christian. Other peers of mine didn't have that experience. And so I, I think I think the American church is really grappling with that major shift to what social observers call a negative world. And there's a lot to say about that. But just very quickly, I was living in the negative world 
really from boyhood, not because of anything special in me, but just because Maine and New England is so dark that if you're going to survive as a Christian, you kind of need God to develop in you some toughness. And I pray that the church more broadly will develop that same kind of toughness because we're going to need it to withstand these evil days. Let me just follow up on that. Since you mentioned growing up in that adversarial environment, so what do you advise parents or students who might be listening today about how to live out your faith in a bold and courageous way in an environment where there's a lot of pushback? Fundamentally, we need training in sound doctrine from our earliest days. We need to be in a sound church. We need the preaching of the Word of God. None of us needs anything extra special fancy as a Christian, but we do need that kind of rugged education from our earliest days. We need education not just in what is true, but we need social positioning education which is a fancy phrase that I think I just came up with. But all it means is very simply this. We need to know that as a believer, the wind is in our face in this fallen world. We need, therefore, to expect opposition. We need to expect even persecution at times and perhaps in seasons of our life. Perhaps our very life itself will be overtaken by persecution. If we frame the Christian life rightly, as fathers and mothers for our children. I have three children ages 8 through 13 right now in my home. If I frame the Christian faith basically as you trust Jesus and then your life is very pleasant and you, you just roll down the river throughout your life and, you know, once in a while you might draw a little fire, but in general, trusting Christ means this placid existence. That is a very different way of framing the faith, for example, than how Christ frames the faith. Christ frames the faith in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to 7, as just one biblical example, as a fairly rough endeavor. You're blessed if you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. You're blessed if people hate you for the name of Jesus. That's pretty strong water right there. And so we need to do a better job as Christians of setting up the expectations of our children, and then we want our children there's a range of ways people go in terms of schooling, homeschooling, Christian school, classical school, public school, if that's feasible in your area. Christians make different decisions there, and I personally respect that. I'm a product of K-12 public. My children are not in public school and won't be in public school, but I do want to recognize a range of educational choices that Christians make. Whatever your specific choice, though, you don't want to throw your kids to the wolves at age seven. But you also don't want your children to think that the world is unfallen. So there's a real there's a real dance there. There's a real balancing act that we're all going through as fathers and mothers, because we're not trying to pour out the evil of the world on our kids at age 10. On the other hand, if we raise our kids thinking effectively that they can bubble themselves, that's not helpful. So to bring this rambling disquisition to a rapid close, I'm actually thankful. I'm genuinely thankful that I was in settings where I was a spiritual minority, where people did not agree with me, where I was challenged in class over my Christianity. And again, whatever decision families make about education, you need your kids to be able to experience that and hopefully under your roof so that they can begin to grapple with life as a believer, God willing, God saves them, in a fallen world. 
That's very well said. Owen Strand with us today on The Christian Worldview. He is the provost and research professor of theology at Grace Bible Theological Seminary in Arkansas, also the author of Christianity and Wokeness. Now, Owen, we asked you to be on the program today to talk about your message at the recent Truth Matters Conference. Uh, this was held in at the Ark Encounter, actually, in Kentucky. And you gave a message there on this new religion in America called wokeness. You start out in that message by giving a definition of what wokeness is. In the last five years in America and much of the West, we have witnessed a social revolution. This revolution is driven by the movement we call wokeness. Wokeness urges us all to wake up to the reality of systemic racism in America. To be woke is to wake up and see America not as a just public order, not as a place that has real sin in its past, grievous sin, but yet a country that has made real progress. No, to be woke is to say none of that has really happened. Actually, America is still systemically racist. And in fact, according to Kendi and others, the racism is worse because it's gone underground. It's gone quiet. And now normal people, including most normal white people, think that racism is really a problem we have overcome. And that is itself the sign that racism, systemic racism that is, is worse than ever. Welcome to the worldview of wokeness, a worldview that is impossible to falsify. If you affirm it, you're in a systemic racist order that is shot through at every level with racism that is incurable. And if you deny systemic racism, well, you're guilty of the very crime you have just denied. All of this means for woke voices that our entire society needs to be dynamited and rebuilt. You know, how can this assertion, this ideology, with basically no evidence supporting it, or at most subjective experience supporting it, gain such a foothold on not just race relations or in one segment of of our society, but on really every facet of our society has been infiltrated by this ideology or perhaps better categorized this religion? Well, it's a totalizing narrative, David, and that's part of why it has advanced so quickly, and that's part of why so many are being captured by it, taken captive by it, according to Colossians 2.8. The term woke simply means this. You wake up to the reality that America is systemically racist and thus systemically unjust. So that's the kind of great awakening that wokeness seeks. It seeks for you to stop thinking that everything is somewhat normal in the society, to stop thinking that racism is real, but that America has made major strides against it in the last 50 years, for example. What wokeness wants you to believe is very much a kind of taking the pill experience where you formerly saw the world this way. And now when you go woke, you're going to see it an entirely different way. And and so what wokeness does is it tells you practically, once you buy that idea of systemic racism, that racism is truly everywhere, that racism is far worse a problem than you thought. You used to think that racism was codified in the support at the public level of slavery or Jim Crow, horrible evils like this that Christians rightly decry. Now, wokeness tells you, though, actually, that's not really where racism was rooted. 
racism is found wherever there's white supremacy. White people, because they are the racial majority in America, have the power that is called white supremacy over other people. They can't help but have it. So racism then is not a conscious decision or decree. Racism is transmitted by the racial majority at all times, in all places, whether you intend to do so or not. And so, David, that is why wokeness, social justice, critical race theory are such demolishing forces in our society and in the church today. It's because it's a totalizing narrative, and people love wrong, totalizing narratives in their sin. Everybody wants a worldview. Everybody wants a a way to see the world, and everybody wants an action plan for their life. Everybody wants to be part of a bigger cause. And so wokeness gives you both the worldview and it gives you the action plan because it now summons you to the ramparts to fight against racism. You need to be an anti-racist, according to Ibram X. Kendi and others. And that means your entire life now turns to train the guns on white supremacy, which practically means opposing white people, basically everywhere they stand and haranguing them at all times, whether in the church or out of it, for their failure to see their complicity in white supremacy. There's so much to say here, but people need to understand that wokeness is selling people a worldview and an action plan, Mm. and that is causing them basically to just drop whatever worldview they were carrying and pick up this one. Yeah, it's really been so imbibed by every sector of our culture. We need to take a short break for some ministry announcements. You are listening to the Christian Worldview radio program. You can support this nonprofit radio ministry by calling one 646 2233 visiting the org, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. And if indeed we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity. This will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life four billion years ago. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design. That was Yuval Noah Harari, a leading advisor to Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Dystopian scenarios like this will likely mark the days leading up to the return of Christ. This is why we recommend you order Steve Miller's new book, Foreshadows, 12 Mega Clues, Jesus' Return is Nearer Than Ever. You can get it for a donation of any amount. Just call one 646 2233 or go to org. And God loves you so much, He became a human being, suffered and died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. That means you don't have to end up in hell. God can legally forgive your sins because He's the lover of your soul. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Mario, if you give up the battle and just say, God, I'm a rebel, and you repent and trust in Christ, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. It's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you. Ray Comfort is a tireless proclaimer of the gospel and a sharp defender of the faith. Did you know that Ray has written the commentary for the Evidence Study Bible, a New King James Version that is chock full of evidence for the faith and instruction on evangelism? 
To purchase the Evidence Study Bible, go to thechristianworldview.org or call one 646 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Welcome back to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Be sure to visit our website, thechristianworldview.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print letter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Now back to the interview with Owen Strand about how America's new woke religion is not good news. I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs from a recent article in American Family News. It says this, in an eye-opening Heritage Foundation commentary, national security analyst Thomas Spohr points out the U.S. Army plans to shrink the number of soldiers by 12,000 in the year 2023. That plan, he writes, is not because of a shrinking budget at the Pentagon. The reason for the cut, he says, who's a, a retired U.S. Army general, is that the Army projects that they won't be able to recruit enough people to meet their quotas. Now, why would that be? Next paragraph, the U.S. Army, where open homosexuals serve with the approval and cheering of top generals, those same generals are under pressure to find a way anyway to get unqualified struggling females into a U.S. Ranger uniform. Before the Pentagon's order to get the COVID-19 jab angered many patriotic Americans in uniform, many of those soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen hit the door or left after being forced to sit through, quote, diversity, equity, and inclusion training during their first year and a half of the Biden administration. U.S. service members spent 5.8 million man hours participating in a mandatory, quote, stand-down order. In the name of, quote, strength through diversity, President Joe Biden signed a January 2021 executive order ordering the Pentagon to allow mentally confused transgenders to openly serve, too. Earlier this year on Earth Day, Biden proudly announced his administration is working to make every vehicle used by the armed forces, quote unquote, climate friendly to fight climate change. Owen, talk about how. This example goes, of course, beyond race. That's one of the elements of this whole woke ideology, religion, but also gets into sexual deviancy, climate change even. Even math is considered white supremacist the way it's been portrayed. Talk about how it goes beyond race, wokeness. Wokeness is really against God's creation order. That's basically what I would say from the start. If you really want to understand what wokeness, social justice, and critical race theory are opposing, they're opposing God, and they're opposing the world as God has made it. So wokeness is really built off of the Marxist grid that Karl Marx promotes. And Marx makes the basic argument that where there is a majority in an economic way, that majority oppresses the minority. Where there are people who have power, those people oppress those who don't have power. And that idea has been picked up and applied to basically every category of life by wokeness, such that if you have men who have authority in the home and the church and to some degree in society, if you have rich people who earn their money and then have that wealth, if you have fathers and mothers who have authority over children, if you have a whole lot of people who want to get married in a heterosexual way, a a man to a woman, a woman to a man, in these and other categories, you have ways of life, 
you have majority groups. And the argument is that those majority groups basically oppress minority groups. And so that's why there's this swirling miasma of all these different causes that you were just reading to us about uh, with regard to the military and its embrace of all this ideology. The basic idea behind all of those different categories, for example, is that if you have a lot of so-called straight people, uh, heterosexual people, those heterosexual people, by virtue of being in the majority, are oppressing the minority. This is what the cultural Marxists of the mid-20th century argued. This is what Foucault argued, and this is what has been applied today. There's so much to say about this, and I write about this at length in my book, Christianity and Wokeness. So we can only scratch the surface here, but the book covers a lot more. Suffice it to say, we do not read majority groups necessarily as oppressing minorities. They could do so, but that is a far cry from reality. And more broadly than that, we cannot affirm uh, sinful humanity when it opposes God's creation order. We cannot affirm transgender identity. We cannot use transgender pronouns. We cannot embrace homosexual identity in the public square. Our society has been doing so in all these ways. And yet Christians, here we are talking about what we were talking about just some minutes ago. We have to stand against lies. We have to know the wind is going to be in our face. And we have to speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15. Well said. Owen Strand with us today here on The Christian Worldview, professor and author of the book he just mentioned, we have it linked at our website, Christianity and Wokeness. You can find out more. Go to thechristianworldview.org. Our topic is how America's new woke religion is not good news. That's what the gospel means. The gospel is good news. This new woke religion is bad news for the country and for people. And it's an important topic. We've covered this previously in the program, but it's critically important to better understand because it is our national religion in the United States right now. Let's get to another soundbite from your message at the Truth Matters Conference, where you talk about what the core idea is and the core purpose is behind this woke ideology. Guilt transfers. That is really the core idea. The preacher Eric Mason put this viscerally in a September 2020 sermon. His sermon was entitled, Cancel Culture, a Biblical Case for Reparations. And it was based on Ezra 1.4. And here's a quote from Mason's sermon. Silver, hallelujah. Gold, hallelujah. Goods, hallelujah. And livestock. I feel God right there. Along with a free will offering, they're talking about stacks, money. They're giving the people of God drip, money coming out of there, right? It was dripology coming out of the ministry, end quotation. What Mason is calling for from Ezra 1 is people today to give drip or stacks or reparations to people whose descendants were oppressed. So this idea is in our circles. This idea is in evangelicalism. The, the case is building. Uh, there is growing steam behind it. Guilt yesterday is guilt today, and the solution is money. That's the only way to atone for past sin, to remunerate those whose ancestors were wronged. That is the way of atonement. Ultimately, in wokeness, critical race theory, and social justice, it is built on the idea that guilt transfers across generations. What your ancestors did 200, 300, 400 years ago transfers to you 
And it doesn't just stick on you like an invisible disease. There is then an action plan, and that action plan is financial. It is to pay up. It seems just outright crass that this quote-unquote social justice movement is not just about equality, being treated equally or having equal opportunity, Mm -hmm. but it really is about this, this, it's about money getting paid for perceived sins of past generations. Now, this idea of reparations is often, by those who push social justice and wokeness, is equated with, well, this is biblical restitution. Society has has oppressed a certain classes of people, and just like in the Bible, when you offend someone or you've taken something from someone, you need to you need to provide restitution. So discuss how this core idea is rep- reparations and how reparations has nothing to do with biblical restitution. Restitution occurs when a definable, tangible offense has happened. So if I break into your house, David, and steal, I don't know, your hockey stick, then I owe you restitution for that. But we need to be very clear when we say this, that the Bible indicates that while we all have a sinful nature from Adam, so while Adam is our federal head, guilt does not transfer across generations. And the text I was preaching about in the Grace to You conference that you just cited there, the sound clip you just played, the text I preached from was Ezekiel 18, 19 to 20, which teaches that the father is not guilty for what the son does, and the son is not guilty for what the father does. So again, we've got a lot of careful distinctions here on the table. We have all of us being fallen in Adam. Adam is our federal head. But noting that I am not guilty for what my seventh great grandfather did in Scotland 250 years ago. I'm not guilty for what my ancestors did 600 years ago, 800 years ago, 1,000 years ago. The Bible does not teach generational guilt. If I commit real sins, if I commit tangible offenses in my own life, then I need to make restitution for them. But I am not I am not generationally guilty, as wokeness argues. That's what wokeness is after. It's after generational guilt, which then leads to transfer of money to those whose ancestors were wronged. And wokeness, as you alluded to a minute ago, is built off of the idea that everybody should have the same amount of stuff. Everybody is owed the same standard of living, the same bank account that they would have there. So Wokeness is built off of that false premise that, again, is really a Marxist premise, and the world does not function that way. The world simply does not function as if everybody is going to have the same amount of money or the same amount of possessions. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us that we will always have the poor with us. So we do what we can to help people, but we cannot fall prey to a Marxist utopian delusion that is everywhere in our society today, that if we will just promote equity, then everybody will have the same amount of stuff. It's just not true, Mm. even though preachers now, preachers are bringing such ideas using their own language into the pulpit and really educating our congregants, our youth in particular, in a kind of quasi-Christian Marxism. And we have to stand against it. We have to call it what it is. Yes, and you do just that in your book, Christianity and Wokeness. We're going to pause the interview with Owen Strand for this week and play part two next week. But for the rest of the program, we wanted to play the first part of an interview we did with Twyla Brace, the co-founder and director of Citizens Council for Health Freedom, as we've been reading about the United States entering into a treaty 
with the World Health Organization to turn over authority to them in the event of another pandemic or health crisis, quote-unquote. We will also talk with Twyla about where COVID is going, this authoritarianism power grab that's been implemented across the globe. Where is that going? So here's Twyla Brace from the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Twyla, thank you for coming on The Christian Worldview today. Give us an update on what is going on with COVID right now. Here we are coming into the summer. It's not as much in the news. Doesn't seem to be as many cases. But with fall coming several months away, I have a feeling things are going to return with more infections and cases and so forth. What liberty-losing actions are you aware of or initiatives that are being promoted or worked on right now with regard to COVID? Well, COVID is definitely um, sliding into the background, at least for the moment. But I would say that there are still pockets around the United States that these restrictions that we have all faced over the last two and a half years, they're starting to reemerge. Like in Philadelphia schools, where the children are going to be masked again, just as one example. And we don't hear a lot about it in the news now, but the variants are continuing. And the one thing to know about the variants are that as you get variants, they get more transmissible, but less virulent. And so that seems to be the case. There are fewer deaths, but indeed, COVID could reemerge as a bigger part of our story as we get into the fall. But I think that we should never move again towards any of those restrictions. There are two studies now, or even more than that, I think, about masks and the harm of masking, not only children, but just people in general and how the masks do not work. The CDC has actually agreed that the masks don't work unless you have an N95. And of course, an N95 is something that a lot of people can't even tolerate because it's too difficult to breathe in. So, you know, there are those kind of studies. And then there's two studies out now about natural immunity, showing that natural immunity is much stronger than is the vaccine immunity. And in fact, CNN is out now with a story that talks about the messenger RNA platform for vaccines might be the cause of waning immunity. And even Fauci has said, we've got to do better. So you see, there's a lot happening that maybe the public isn't hearing about, but it all points to the fact that a lot of what we did for the last two and a half years is not helpful to stop COVID-19. And what really needs to happen is people have to be prepared with early treatment so they can just start that right away. Doctors have to be free to do it. Pharmacists have to be free to dispense those kind of medications. That's still where we need to be because I've been talking to some doctors who say they don't see COVID going away. And they do encourage people to have early treatment because you never know if you're one of them that's going to get a severe case, even though severe cases are much less today. Twyla Brace with us today here on The Christian Worldview, the co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. They have an excellent early treatment guide for COVID on their website. If you get COVID, you haven't heard about early treatment protocol, you need to get this. Matter of fact, you need to try to get these medications in advance so you're not trying to scramble to get them when you or someone you know gets COVID. You can go to their website, cchfreedom.org, to get that guide, to download that free guide. Or if you can't remember that website, just go to our website, thechristianworldview.org. We have a link over to their website 
for Mars. Just one more quick question about COVID, Twyla, before we get into really the topic which we ask you on today about the World Health Organization and about the United States ceding authority to them when it comes to quote-unquote pandemic response. The question is, what are you hearing about the harm or the adverse events from the wide, wide distribution and taking of these COVID so-called vaccines? Yes, so the adverse events, the vaccine injuries, continue to pile up. The news doesn't really want to talk about them. If you're on Twitter or social media, you'll hear about them. People will give their own cases about how their life has completely changed as a result of having had this injection. And then, of course, there are the people that die within a day, a few days, a few hours, a few weeks, or a few months after having the shot. And so this is still happening, and there is now a protocol put out by the flccc.net or the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. They are about to put out a protocol having to do with helping people to get past some of the injuries caused by the vaccines itself. So this is definitely still happening. The American people, though, are getting wise to the possibility of injury because the second booster has basically zero uptake. Very few people are going out and getting that booster. I think they're hearing the stories or looking at what's happening. They understand that it only works as a protection for a while, and it may even cause a decrease in one's own immune system to fight COVID or to fight any other infection. So, you know, these injuries are definitely happening, and we hope that more and more people learn about them so they can make a wise decision. And I will say that in our COVID quick reference guide, which has had more than 100,000 downloads, and thank you for mentioning it, we do have some interesting information in there about the vaccine that most people don't hear, but that experts have talked about. Twyla Brace with us today here on The Christian Worldview. We need to take a short break for some ministry announcements. You are listening to The Christian Worldview. You can support this nonprofit radio ministry by calling 1-888-646-2233, visiting thechristianworldview.org, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. And God loves you so much, He became a human being, suffered and died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. That means you don't have to end up in hell. God can legally forgive your sins because he's the lover of your soul. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Mario, if you give up the battle and just say, God, I'm a rebel, and you repent and trust in Christ, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. It's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you. Ray Comfort is a tireless proclaimer of the gospel and a sharp defender of the faith. Did you know that Ray has written the commentary for the Evidence Study Bible, a New King James version that is chock full of evidence for the faith and instruction on evangelism? To purchase the Evidence Study Bible, go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Pastor James Coates was arrested and sent to prison a couple of weeks ago in Canada. What did he do? He held a church service. And it isn't the government's responsibility to protect us from a virus. What's their responsibility to protect our God-given rights? Two days after that sermon, Pastor James Coates was arrested and imprisoned. 
He has now co-authored an important book titled God Versus Government, Taking a Biblical Stand When Christ and Compliance Collide. God versus Government is 208 pages, soft cover, and retails for $17.99. You can order a copy for a donation of any amount to the Christian Worldview. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's 1-888-646-2233 or org. Thanks for joining us on The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Just a reminder that today's program and past programs are archived at our website, thechristianworldview.org. Transcripts and short takes are also available. Now back to the interview with Twyla Brace of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Okay, one more quick question before we get into our topic is, we're seeing this virus, this illness called monkeypox popping up in the news now. What exactly is monkeypox, and is this the next thing that's going to be used to consolidate authority for government like they did with COVID? Well, monkeypox is one of many poxes. Let's just put it that way. Smallpox, cowpox, camelpox, monkeypox. And so this is just one of many. And it is really spread by very close contact. And so that's why when we first heard about monkeypox, we heard it with people who were in sexual networks or who participated in sexual networking because it was really uh, coming out of the homosexual population. And so it's not really something that a lot of people are going to have to worry about. Unfortunately, even the CDC is saying that now. Other experts are saying that this is pretty rare. It requires this really close contact. I think the media needs to be very careful that they do not make more of monkeypox than it is and scare the public again into the same kind of predicament or the same kind of willingness to take away their freedoms and to let their freedoms be taken away. Okay, let's get into what I really asked you on the program for today has to do with this treaty that really hasn't been well known about what our government is doing with the World Health Organization. Tucker Carlson from Fox News is one of the only people that I know sort of in the mainstream media. You'll see some of this in the alternative media talking about this treaty for with the World Health Organization. But Tucker Carlson did a, a segment on it last week in the program. I want to play the first audio clip from that, and we'll follow up with some questions. The Biden administration is very close to handing the World Health Organization power over every aspect, the intimate aspects of your life. So imagine the civil liberties abuses that you lived through during the COVID lockdowns, but permanent and administered from a foreign country. Here's what we're looking at tonight. This January, the Biden administration submitted a series of proposed amendments to something called the International Health Regulations, the IHR. Now, the Biden administration's amendments, along with those from several other countries, will be combined to create a new global pandemic treaty. That treaty is set to be adopted starting this weekend in Geneva at the World Health Assembly. Twyla, what do you know about this treaty that the U.S. is making with the World Health Organization? Well, at this moment, what I know is that there were 13 proposed amendments, and rumor has it when we are recording this that 
12 of them were not accepted, and I'm still waiting to see if this is true or not. But here's the one thing that I say about this entire proposal. The only way that we can give away our power as a sovereign nation is if all of the leaders, and I do mean all of the leaders, give it away. And so Biden is not... He, can, he doesn't have the authority to do that. You know, that's one thing about the United States Constitution is it limited the number of things that the federal government, and that includes the president, can do to the entire country. And that's why we have the 10th Amendment, which says that all the other rights and all the other powers are given to the states and to the individuals. And so the founders limited the powers of the Constitution because they knew the problems that would happen with an all-authoritarian federal nationalist government. And so Biden can do certain things that he wants, but even all you have to do is look at what happened during COVID. The CDC could put out suggestions, and then it was up to the states to decide what they should do about them. The only thing Biden really could do through the FAA was to mandate the masks on the airlines. But even there, there were six lawsuits towards the end before that restriction was lifted against his power to do that. There were plenty of people saying he doesn't have power to do that because, of course, under the Constitution, he doesn't. So it's like Biden could do what he wants to with this treaty, but that doesn't mean anybody has to follow what he does here because it is against our constitution, which is the highest law of the land. Let's get behind the, the reasoning behind this. Try to get into the mind of Joe Biden and, and, the, and the left in this country. Why would they want to cede authority over pandemic or health crisis response to a foreign organization, a global organization? What, what, is the, what would be their reasoning for that? Perhaps their reasoning for that would take the political pressure off of them when it came to elections. It's like, you know, the World Health Organization now controls these and we can't do anything as president, as Congress, as, you know, whatever. And therefore, it's not our responsibility that these powers have been imposed over you, the people. We will try to work with the World Health Organization to move in the direction where you have the restrictions lifted. You know, it's possible that that's the sort of thing that they're looking yeah. for. The other possibility is that they're all in cahoots about a global government. And they look at the World Health Organization, they look at COVID, they look at the pandemic and say, this is our opportunity. This is our opportunity to move. The people are malleable. They're willing to do things we never thought they'd be willing to do. Now is the time to set up the global government on the basis of the fears having to do with health and safety. Because that's, of course, the easiest way to scare people, the easiest way to set up something in order to try to make people feel safe. Those two reasons yeah. might be. Twyla Brace joins us with us today here on the Christian Worldview. Here is the next soundbite from that Tucker Carlson segment on this, this treaty, where he talks about the head of the World Health Organization. So who is the director of the World Health Organization? Well, that would be a former member of Ethiopia's Marxist-Leninist party called Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. He once led the Ministry of Health in Ethiopia. He's not a physician. But as the head of the Ministry of Health in Ethiopia, for political reasons, he covered up three cholera outbreaks, the opposite of what he's supposed to do. Then Tedros tried to appoint Robert Mugabe, the racist murderer who ran Zimbabwe into the ground, as an international goodwill ambassador for public health. Now, at the time, Zimbabwe was the poorest 
most mismanaged, most racist country in the world. And yet Tedros thought he should be a goodwill ambassador for public health. These are some of the reasons that Tedros, needles to say, is a close friend of Tony Fauci's. So uh, Tedros is really an outstanding person. I've known him from the time that he was the Minister of Health of Ethiopia. I mean, obviously, over the years, uh, anyone who says that the WHO has not had problems has not been watching the WHO. But I think under his leadership, they've done very well. We are days away from giving him operational control over our government's public health system, the one that you pay for and thought you controlled in this democracy. Okay, so Twyla, what do you know about this man, Tedros, beyond what Tucker Carlson just said there in a very troubling way? Not only did he mention, you know, trying to bring on Mugabe as a peace ambassador, a goodwill ambassador, but he's also very close to Xi Jinping, the president of China. What do you know about this Tedros character? What you have said and how you have described him is all accurate. You know, he's been in that position for five years, and I think that you know, when you listen to him speak and you hear what his plans are and when he talks about the World Health Organization being given the authority, the overall authority about pandemics and public health across the globe, and then you hear how he's planning to do it, then you can figure out that, yes, he's not lost that Marxist-Lenin perspective. He's still definitely there. He looks like a fairly non-assuming man, but looks are deceiving, and everything that we know about him shows that he is the last person that the United States should be doing business with. I think the United States should defund the World Health Organization, and right now the World Health Organization has this brand-new proposal to actually assess fees to all the countries according to their wealth. And they want to significantly increase it, which of course would mean that there'd be a significant amount of money coming from the United States taxpayers into Tedros' pockets to do whatever he wanted with to move forward his agenda. And one thing that I would say about this entire treaty, one of the key things is surveillance. And this is something I think that we should be very, very, very concerned about because the United States is moving towards the Chinese system of surveillance. They're moving towards it with the real ID. They're moving towards it with digital driver's licenses. What the World Health Organization is planning is that there will be a global digital ID for everybody on the planet. Now, just imagine the nefarious things that could be done with that. Imagine the tracking, imagine the profiling, imagine the control over your every movement because your ID in every country, your ID is what determines what you can do and where you can go. And imagine this being at a global level where all sorts of people from other countries like Tedros with all that kind of power that he wants to assume over all of us would have power over us to know who we are, what we do, when we go to the doctor, what we eat, you know, everything. This is something that the United States should be protecting itself from, whether or not who is doing anything. We should not be moving in this direction of digital IDs and digital driver's licenses and the federal ID called the real ID. Everybody should refuse the federal ID and get a standard driver's license and then use their passport to fly because we do not want to get to the point where we have 
pushed ourselves into this system of digital identification, digital driver's licenses, and therefore outside control of everything that we do. All right. Part two of the interview with Twyla is going to be next week as well. And in the meantime, you can connect with Twyla's organization, Citizens Council for Health Freedom, by going to our website, thechristianworldview.org, and clicking on the link to them. The interview with Twyla was done about 10 days ago, and lo and behold, Brody and I both came down with COVID just a few days later. It was the first time we've had it that we know of. The symptoms have been upper respiratory congestion, cough, fatigue. Brody has had some more varied symptoms It's hard to compare to others, but I would say we have a mild to medium case doing normal daily activities, but having to take naps on occasion. It's definitely not staying in bed all day trying to get actually a lot of fresh air and sunlight. So we're improving, but it's still lingering. And Lord willing, we'll continue to get better in the coming days. The COVID guide that we reference is extremely helpful. Be sure to get that on our website, thechristianworldview.org. Thank you for joining us today on the Christian Realview Radio Program. Thanks to you, our listeners, for funding today's program. In just a moment, there'll be all kinds of information on this nonprofit radio ministry. So let's be encouraged. We live in a challenging world where the woke religion has really taken a strong footing. But Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Please go to our website and click on the page, What Must I Do to Be Saved?, If you have never repented of your sin to God and placed your faith in the person and the work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. So until next time, think biblically, live accordingly, and stand firm. The mission of the Christian worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program, order a transcript, or find out what must I do to be saved, go to thechristianworldview.org or call toll-free 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported nonprofit radio ministry furnished by the Overcomer Foundation. To make a donation, become a Christian Worldview partner, order resources, subscribe to our free newsletter, or contact us, visit thechristianworldview.org, call 1-888-646-2233, or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.